Hello, I'm Howard Phillips Lovecraft, and despite all my warning, you're listening to Microphones of Madness. Live, ladies. That's right, we're live. It's Saturday night, April 16th, 2016. This is Microphones of Madness. Uh... Don't worry about who I am. I'm just second fiddle. Over here is Rifled Urethra. <laughs> Goes. This is like a shot. And as always, Madame Odysseus! With exclamation points. Uh, that's kind of why I went, ah! At the yes. End. Well done, second fiddle. Well that's done. Right. You have to... You have to <laughs> X pulver. Yes, Joe Pulver rocks. <laughs> yeah, apparently it's also Joe Pulver Day, so happy Joe Pulver Day to X pulver. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't in on the the secret, so I woke up and there's all this tribute to Joe Pulver going on. I had to make sure he wasn't dead. <laughs> well, it's a little bit misleading because one of the posts says some say he was this. Well, I know the truth. Well, what a you can help with being a, a tiny bit misled there. Just a tiny bit. Oh, you know. Maybe, maybe he did die and he was resurrected as Joe Pulver. Sweet. Or maybe now he is the king in yellow. I want to be Joe Pulver. You can't. Why? Because... The position of Joe Pulver can only be held by one being <sighs> at a time. So until the current pulver is is dead, you cannot pick up the mantle. I forgot there can be only one. And if a Joe Pulver ever crosses a Joe Pulver's timeline, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you get a Mike Griffin. Oh, oh shit! Oh, Captain Pipe fans himself. <laughs> All right, so yeah, with with the uh, foray, <laughs> thank goodness I was focused on Kim at that point. Uh, <laughs> fucking from Joe Pulver to Steve's closet bronyhood. That's a uh, rifled urethra to you. Oh, I'm sorry, rifled urethra. <laughs> so tonight we are discussing uh, the the new novella, The Ballad of Black Tom. Yes. In a world. Yeah. Where black people exist. And unfortunately <laughs> we'll also be looking at its context. Yes. And Which we will also be discussing the sister story, The Horror at Red Hook. Possibly the most racist thing ever written by H.P. Lovecraft. That wasn't a letter. It wasn't a letter. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's start with The Horror at Red Hook because, you know, The Ballad of Black Tom, of course, is is a different angle on the story of the horror at Red Hook. Yes, you kind of, you don't have to, 
but you get more enjoyment out of the story if you suffer through the horror at Red Hook. Yeah. Yeah. I disagree, but we'll, we'll get to that. So, horror at Red Hook. As always, we're going to kick it over to Kim for her analysis oh, and assessment. Does <laughs> <laughs> you know I didn't finish the story? Hey, hey, I'm only second fiddle here, so, you know, it's always ladies first. Oh, we fucker. All right, fine. Okay, so this, the horror at Red Hook. This is about a detective by the name of Malone. And i got to remember his first name. Well, screw it. Um, guy's name is Malone, and he is from Dublin. And as the story starts out, it starts out with him having a meltdown. And apparently he sees something in, in one of the buildings in this slum that makes him lose his shit. He doesn't say why. Um, he goes away with his tail tucked between his legs. He fucks off. And then it goes into what, what happened to him. It's uh, Tom Malone. Tom Malone, okay. Detective Tom Malone. Detective. Isn't that the name of the trombone player from the Blues Brothers band? Tom Bones Malone? As possible. Oh. Malone, get your ass into my office. Malone! <laughs> okay. Jason Statham is Malone. So it goes into this whole story of Malone investigating this this guy named how how, how do you say that do you think Soydum? Soydum. 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 Anyway, he's a he's a rich old white guy. And it takes place in Queens, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Brooklyn. He lives Brooklyn. in Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah, don't don't say Queens to a Brooklynite, man. Okay, cool. I'll go Bernie on your ass. Oh, we're with that. Sanders Nistas. <laughs> so this dude lives in Brooklyn. He's an eccentric old white guy. His family tries to get him committed because he does all these weird things. He has all these scary foreigners. Oh. I know. They're home. Oh, yeah, they're scary foreigners, but they are swarthy. Oh, no. Swarthy, scary foreigners. The worst the, criminal elements. From the poor districts. No. Now, the thing about uh, Malone was he... Malone. He <laughs> was uh, an occult detective. He was initiated into the mysteries of the occult. So he wasn't going into this whole situation blind. He kind of knew what was going on. Yes. He learned this back in the old country. Ireland. Back in the old country. Yes. My name's Tom Malone. At, at some point he even says... He's glad that it's these uh, foreigners and subhumans that are practicing this shit because if smart people did it, it would be the end of the world. Because apparently being from Ireland doesn't make you a foreigner. Somehow. Oh. Well, oh, uh, I'll read the passage. Ireland makes you a good red-blooded American. 
uh, but I won't do it like that. How about as American would, as Jesus and M16s? <laughs> he would often regard it as merciful that the most persons of high intelligence jeer at the inner, inmost mysteries. For, he argued, if superior minds were ever placed in fullest contact with the secrets preserved by ancient and lowly cults, the resultant abnormalities would soon not only wreck the world, but threaten the very integrity of the universe. So it's good that all these dumb non-Europeans are the ones doing all this shit, or we'd be in real trouble. Mm. Bloody Syrians. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, this story, Lovecraft has a real hard-on against Syrians in this story. <laughs> it really does. I'm just like, the Syrians and Persians. Well, man, he predicted ISIS, what can you say? Mm. <laughs> oh. The prophet. Uh, it all makes sense now. And now, now I, I understand them. Price's speech at Necronomicon last August. Cripes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so... So you have this community that is hybrid squalor. Lots of mixing of the races. Brr. And, and lots people, of... Dogs and cats living together. It's mass hysteria. <laughs> Lots of uh, occult shenanigans going on, but they keep to themselves for the and most as, part. And as long as we keep them isolated in this little ghetto called Red Hook, everything's right. just fine. Right. We'll, we'll send we'll, we'll we'll send the Irishman in as a cop, and. And everything will be fine, and then we'll be rid of the Irishmen and the Syrians and the Persians and all of these other people. And now we know where Trump got the idea for the wall. The wall. <laughs> they just built a wall around yeah, Red Hook. Yeah, build a wall. That'll fix it. I, I'm sorry. <sighs> no, I actually, I'm not sorry. Yeah. This has got to be the worst H.P. Lovecraft story ever written. Not just because it's like full of racist bullshit wall to wall it's because hp it, it's a detective story first and foremost it's kind it's a of. kind of a detective story but lovecraft's writing style does not fit a detective story no it does not and i i honestly i did not make it I, okay, I made it through two listenings of the audio version. I've never been able to read it off of a page because there is a point probably around chapter three where it's just... And then someone died. Serious! It's like the elves in, in Peanuts go, wah, 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 wah. Exactly. There's some there's some elements in the story that could have been really good had they been in another story, but really just I think what you had was Lovecraft living in Brooklyn, hating it, taking um, you know taking his life, assessing his life and going what the fuck happened. And vomiting it out on the page. I'm Howard Phillips Lovecraft, and what the fuck happened to me? 
I mean, the, the, the actual story, you have, like, basically what happens, for those who haven't suffered through this, is you have some kidnapped uh, white children. Blue-eyed Norwegians. Who, who disappear. And uh, this guy, Sudyum, or Soydum, whatever the fuck his name is, has gathered unto him a crew of just the worst of the worst from the Red Hook neighborhood. He's a rich white guy. Right, and he and basically he sets himself him. up as like a supervillain in a right. block of buildings. Thugs, thugs. <laughs> <laughs> that whole line from uh, Blazing Saddles and Methodists. That's what he's got. <laughs> and uh, there's these kidnapped white children. So, which actually um, spurs everyone to action because right you know, because it does, you know it's okay it's okay when they're doing it to each other, but once. Once they touch Once the Teutonic children. The, yes. So uh, it all ends up Soydum gets married and murdered on a boat for some reason. And his minions come, get his corpse, they leave his dead wife, and they drag him to Red Hook, and they bring him underground where he's resurrected by this glowing thing, Lilith, with all this Greek imagery. And um, Malone witnesses it all. The building collapses. Everybody dies, and he gets shipped off to Providence, which is where you know he wanted to be in the first place, right? HP. That is correct. It's wish fulfillment. <laughs> we killed all these people so I can get back to Providence. That's it in a nutshell. The, the the thing about the story is a it's unremarkable as a horror story unremarkable as a detective story, and it's racist as fuck. Really, Lovecraft should have uh, used the draft of this story to, like, wipe the tin spaghetti off of his face. I mean, it's it's that bad. And Yeah. I couldn't finish um, it. No. The great... The greatest quote in the horror of Red Hook is We have orgies descended from dark legends antedating the Aryan world. I mean, it's all crap like that. It's all, we are white. They are not. Yeah. It's, yeah. Fast forward. Oh, wait. Now, this story also has the reputation of being one of his worst and one of his um, ra- most racist stories. Right. So this is the when when somebody wants to say, well, Lovecraft's racist. They mention that poem. Mm. They mention uh, the rats in the walls and the name of the cat. Okay. And then they mention this right. and the street. Oh, and the street. Yuck. But. Uh, but Red Hook is like the the one because it's lengthy and it's just brutal. It's nasty. It's just nasty. It, it is. It's 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 horrible. And it's 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 not like you have other stories that aren't coded that are racist that he wrote that are actually good stories. Mm-hmm. This is not coded and it's not a good story. So. Right. Right. And and putting yeah, that to bed. 
Put it just get it out of the bed. Put it in the ground. We've spent too yeah. much time on it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, shit. But we will clearly come back to it, I'm sure. Uh-huh. As we're talking about. So fast forward a little a few decades after the death of the old bastard. And we have has, has anybody checked the pronunciation? Because I'm sure I'm gonna mangle it. Victor look Victor Laval? Lavelle? I'd say Laval. I'd say Laval. Lavalle? Lavalle. Lavalle? Well, Vic. <laughs> we'll just call him Vic. If you're watching, sir, we, we mispronounced your name. We apologize. And you're not. <laughs> if you're watching, <laughs> and you're not. Um, whatever. But if you are watching, we liked your story. Yes. I liked your story a lot. Um. Okay, so... All right, overall impression is, yeah, I like this story. It was a thousand times better than the horror at Red Hook. It was it was actually this is this is pretty much the story that Lovecraft should have written. Lovecraft wasn't capable of writing this. No. Exactly. But I don't I don't really don't feel it's the type of story that sticks with you. I do. Especially if you've read Red Hook. It's a, it's kind of a, okay, it's like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead take on the horror at Red Hook with a character that wasn't actually in the horror at Red Hook because Lovecraft could only juggle two or three characters at a time. Right, and 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 God forbid that and God forbid one of them be black. Right. And not be a horrible bad guy. All right, no. not. Stabbing people on the street. Oh wait! Nakedly. No. Nakedly uh, worshiping Cthulhu. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! That wasn't on the street. White women. It doesn't matter. It wasn't on the street. (laughs) No, it was was in the elsewhere. And it wasn't technically. It wasn't stabbing. It was a straight razor. It was slicing. It was yes. It was. It was slicing. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, that's a spoiler. Right, and and truthfully, I preferred the first half of this book to the second. The, the book is clearly divided in half. Yes. Yeah. And the first half of the book is the story of Charles Thomas Tester, the mm-hmm. titular Black Tom. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it talks about his life and, you know, how he's kind of a... He's he's basically one of the Monday Night Heroes. Yeah. He's Walter, man. Yeah. Yeah, he could be Walter. I mean, he, he's a con man. He plays... He plays everybody. He plays everybody. He every he's, side. He's, he's on the hustle. He's trying to make a little cash. Trying to... Right. But now it says in there that the, the reason why he does that is because he has to. Right. And right. he just and he's just not one of those people that can go for a straight job. Right. He doesn't want to engage his father, who is another major character in, in the first half of the book, you know, basically broke his body as a bricklayer under doing honest work. Doing honest work <laughs> under under the the racist eye of the foreman. Well, because that's and, all the work you can get. Right. Right. And and, he, and black and and Charles Thomas sees this and he's like, "No, nah, man, I ain't doing this shit." 
you know so it's it's better it's better that I keep my health and and make a little cash on the hustle than than break my back for nothing and end up like my father and the weird thing is part of his hustle is uh, playing guitar and he's the worst guitar player ever right right he's, yeah. he's, he knows one song no he knows three songs oh he knows three songs two jazz songs and a blues number nah. but he doesn't know that very well <laughs> right but you know he so he goes. He goes where people don't know these jazz songs and this blues song, <laughs> and plays them, and he's able to make a fair amount of money. But where where we find him in the book is not him playing guitar, busking on a street corner, but collecting a tome of forbidden knowledge as a courier for uh, uh, Mama Ott. Mama Ott. Ma'at or whatever. Ma'at. Now, am I the only one who made the connection with the Egyptian goddess Ma'at? Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, I'm, I'm an Egyptophile, so, yeah, yeah. so that immediately hit me. Yeah, like, I mean, she ends up being a supernatural entity. Yeah, I, that's probably why I subconsciously pronounce it Ma'at instead of Ma'at. Mm-hmm. Just, just because it 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 reads that way in my brain, but yeah, I didn't. It didn't. It didn't like click until the second half of the book. Um, she so lives in she lives in Queens. She lives across the street from Spider Man. Forest <laughs> Hills. Well, and the funny thing is, right from the get go, um, Vic. Describes what it's like to be a black man in white society mm-hmm. in the 20s, but um, a lot of the action has parallels in the modern world. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he, he talks about keeping your head down, mm-hmm. not making eye contact, hunching over. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yep. Answer your questions very specifically, but don't give too many details. Right. So he, he don't fight back when you get roughed up by the cops. You know. He he puts all this context to the relations between black people and white people in this world, as opposed to wholesale just calling them hybrids right. or worse. And and, and so. it gives you it gives you this kind of more realistic picture of of a New York in the nineteen twenties rather than you know this this like almost National Enquirer type of tone that Lovecraft takes. Right, but he also ends up subverting. Oh yeah, horror Red Hook, which is why I say it's more enjoyable to read this if you've read horror at Red Hook because then you get all the little digs that he makes at it. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of the reasons why he wrote this. Um, I read an article where he was he said that he really likes Lovecraft, but, you know, he, he doesn't like the racist part of Lovecraft, so this was kind of his way of saying you can write cosmic horror without having to be racist. Right. 
Right. right. And also, also the other thing is they, they kind of give you the other side of the story in the first half of the book. And in Soydom is, you know, presented as kind of a pleasant character. He's not a bad guy. Yeah. yeah almost yeah. likable. Yeah, he's, he's, he's almost likable. He's friendly. But you know, he's like one of those guys that you kind of get the feeling he's one of those guys that are like, uh, oh yeah, I know a black guy. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, he specifically hires him to have a a black guy playing guitar at his gatherings. Mm-hmm. And it gives him an insane amount of money to do it. Yeah. With like 500 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Cash. That was like twenties money. Like, and of shit. course, and of course, you know, he gets rousted by the Texan as soon as as soon as he gets paid. Right. And our buddy Tom Thomas Malone. Right. That's probably and the the one thing that irks me about this story is that it couldn't be about just Black Tom. We had to go back to Malone. Right, and of course there's there's and yeah there's a reason for that, but still, shit, we just we couldn't just branch off on our own, give our own, give Tom his the whole story. Yeah, uh, actually, I'll, well, I know. think I think the reason they did that was at the end of um, the first part when uh, Tom became Black Tom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm or when Tester became Black Tom, they didn't want to have it, or he didn't want to have it from his point of view. They needed another character to show how much the guy had changed, changed right, into what a, what a horror he became. Mm. And I can understand the reason for that. Like, I get it. I mean, it's really well done. I, I love everything else about the story. It's a great story. Just that one little thing. Yeah, I actually, yeah, at the fifty percent mark, when when uh, Tester disappears, I was like, yeah, this is great, and and the whole thing could have ended right there, and I would have been happy with it. And then we come back and we have to go through Malone's take, and we pick up Malone like near the final chapters of the first half of the book. And it takes us his perspective and into the the actual retelling of the story, horror Red Hook. What the hell? Where is this? That's how I pictured Malone. That's a <laughs> hell of a link. I just posted a picture of Tom Bones Malone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, nice. But what you don't see, what you guys don't see at home, is when we pass chat messages back and forth while we're broadcasting, is that the link he used took up a yeah, word like balloon. Like a mile long. Yeah. That, that, was, that took up a quarter <laughs> of the screen. And But uh. We being hacked. What is this? Oh. Yeah, I mean the. Yeah, the first half of the book was great. The second half of the book was okay. Well, and it then the was other, definitely well, a, an interesting detective story. 
it was more interesting detective story than than uh, the original. Well, the other thing they had to do is to have it from Malone's perspective at the end was because the original story and it was from completely from Malone's perspective. Right. And what happened underneath the tenements happened to Malone. And because it was different, mm-hmm. you had to have that happen to that character. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the the horror Red Hook really the, didn't it, it, seem to me to be, like, actually from Malone's point of view. It seemed to be like a almost like a newspaper report. Yeah. Like somebody, like somebody was writing for a magazine or something like that. I'm writing on his psych evaluation or whatever. Right, and, tell, right, and telling mean, the he story. Was the, he was the protagonist, and the things that happened happened to him. Right. Right. But I, I feel like, I feel like Lavelle um, really gave us more of uh, his perspective on things rather than just reporting. Yeah, we actually get inside Malone's head a little bit. No, that's bit. true, and he's a, a horrible person. Yeah. Not not as horrible. I, I mean, hell, even other cops don't like Malone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the reason I say he's a horrible person is because at the very end, the psychiatrist brings him out of his frenzied state by playing on his racism. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And okay. he's just like, a black guy couldn't have done all that crap because, you know, black guys just can't do that crap. It was all soydom. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And he's like, an explanation. Oh. he's happy to accept it because, hey, that means that it wasn't real. Hey, and the, and the psychiatrist leaves him alone. Well, they, do make it, they do make it a point to say a couple times that that uh, a lot of that he agrees with the psychiatrist just to make him go away. Mm-hmm. His work was done. Yeah, and they sent him off to retirement. So before we get ahead of ourselves, what what ends up happening is Malone and uh, his the private detective uh, Howard. Hmm. The Texan named Howard. (laughs) Shoot uh, Tester's dad. Well, Malone doesn't do it. Howard does it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right. Well, Malone was there. No, no, wait. I thought it was Malone. No, it was Malone. Howard shot shot Tester's father, and the local cops on the Harlem beat called Malone to vouch for it. Right, because what guys stick together? Well, the 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 um, the police chief had hooked those two up. Maybe we're partners. Well, of course, you can imagine what this does to Thomas Tester. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it fucks him up. I mean, you know, he's freaking Batman. He's going home. All right, so yeah, you're right. It was Howard. Yeah, Howard okay. was the trigger. Anyway, so and, and, and Tester Tester doesn't find out about this. He's coming home from Soydem's house after getting paid, 
And he's all like, "Yeah, man, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna hook my dad up. I'm gonna pay him rent. I'm gonna get us some good food. I'm gonna take him out to eat again." Mm-hmm. And he comes home and he's like, "Sorry, kid, we killed your oh, dad." God, ben. Oh God, Ben! He could have stopped it. No, um, it was totally, uh, you know. It was totally like all the crap that's happening these days. Oh yeah, it was. It was definitely a shot at all the all the police shootings and whatnot, and how you know everything just blew it off. Baltimore, Detroit, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And this guy wasn't even a cop. He was a fucking private dick. And he, he just didn't busted even into the Chester's house. He shot him, loaded the whole clip, reloaded, and shot another clip into him. Yep, 13, 13 bullet holes, he said. He, was, he had a rifle. It was the guitar. Right. It was a guitar, dude. So, yeah, so his dad gets Probably shot. Probably worth two clips. And, and, and there's another little little interesting tidbit that he just he throws in there in passing just to see if you catch it. Because Howard says to the cops that he was standing there but they talk about the crime scene later, and they say how the bed was all covered in blood. Mm-hmm. So Howard busted into this guy's house and shot Tester's father in the bed. Right. So now, Tester had been shown by a soydom, basically Cthulhu. Mm. Previously. The so sleeping he, king. Right, so... He gets this this overwhelming sense of insignificance. He's feeling very insignificant at this point because he's seen Cthulhu, mm-hmm. and he knows that Soydom is going to bring Cthulhu. And at that point, he was like, "I don't give a shit. Life sucks. Let indifference reign." Right. <laughs> then his dad gets I shot. can't blame him for that. Right. Right, it's very believable. Well, then his dad gets shot, and he realizes that there's something worse than that cosmic ennui. Mm-hmm. And that's just the just inequality happened? of reality. It sucks yeah. worse. So now he's all about bringing it. Yeah. Right. So this is where he becomes Fuck black. Us. I'm going to destroy the fucking world. Well, he becomes yeah, like black, he becomes left. Black Tom, and he's presenting himself as uh, Soydem's right hand man. Right. Uh, he goes to visit Maat, and I, I love what he does to Maat. He just her entire house just disappeared. Yeah. I want to know what what actually happened though. Where where'd she go? Can she come back? This could get interesting. He, he, he did say that he couldn't kill her. He couldn't kill her, so he sent her and her entire house back to where, whence she came. So you know, Tom, Te- Tommy Tester uh, powered up a little bit in his yeah. in his vacation from reality. Now he also has the razor mm-hmm. that is a straight razor that his father had given him for protection. That's while right. He was going out to uh, to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Because they were in Flatbush. 
Brooklyn, the nice yeah. part of Brooklyn, right. not the crappy part of Brooklyn. And the nice part of Brooklyn, and he's a black man, so here, take this razor just in case something happens. That's right, because you can't go out and venture among the white people and not be armed. Mm. Right. you got to protect yourself from these white folks. Right. And so, that makes yeah. that makes a lot of sense. It's like, yo, yeah, because yeah, I mean, look what, look what happens, man. He gets he gets pursued by a bunch of high school kids trying to go to Soydem's house. Right. Soydem's uh, library is a magical room that can switch dimensions, mm-hmm. which is how he sees Cthulhu. But it is also how he sees. Uh, Malone mm-hmm. in the future. Yep. Just like so a little he, time time burp. He tries to leave, and Malone is at is in another place, and Malone recognizes him. But when he meets Malone later on, after Zab was shot, Malone doesn't say anything about meeting him. So right. it's like this wibbly wobbly crap. Mm-hmm. Timey wimey. Indeed. So you know, uh, it seems it seems to me that that Soydem's house is uh, was was later taken up by a neurosurgeon. I don't remember that. Yeah, because it, it seems like it seems like it seems like the Sanctum Sanctorum. You mean an ex neurosurgeon? An ex neurosurgeon. Whose yeah, hands that, don't work? That one. Except that's in uh, the East Village. Mm. For those of you who are listening later, he just held up his Doctor Strange shirt. That's right. There'll be there'll be a quiz. That, so, that, I, that whole bit <laughs> was just a just a really like awkwardly shoved in Doctor Strange reference. Right. Just to prove that we're still down with comics, kind of. All right. So at, at this point, we switch. Perspectives. Once he becomes Black Tom proper, we switch to Malone's perspective, mm-hmm. where Malone starts investigating the disappearance of white children. Yes. Well, first off, well, he's starting I mean, to figure out. Happen. I mean, that doesn't happen for a while, though. Right. Another thing that this switch to Malone does is give Black Tom time to do all this stuff. Right. And when right. they when they switch to Malone, Malone's area of inquiry is the uh, the book that Tom sold to Ma. Right. That's what he's actually interested in. The the disappearance of the, the Scandinavian or the Viking children doesn't you know doesn't happen till later and he just kind of stumbles into that shit. He's actually looking into you know this this occult power and he's also He's, a, he's an immigration cop as well, so he's looking into some uh, human trafficking. Right, He and he's also a, a witness to Soydem's uh, competency hearing. Yes. Right. Yes, and we have that tri- a brief mention of that trial. Right, which is in the horror red hook. Yes. Right. One of the, one of the more interesting tidbits that I that I enjoyed, and and this and overall the second act wasn't as great as the first, but when he's in the basement of Soydem's house, and 
you know, Soydom is monologuing and, and describing his master plan, as most supervillains do. He makes this choice. Does he go for his gun or does he go for his notebook? Because he has all these magical notes in his notebook. Then maybe he has something he can use there that would be more potent than his gun. And I thought that was an interesting decision that he ended up making. Yeah. Which weapon do you use? Well, you picked the wrong one. So. Mm. <laughs> Could have ended it all. So, by the hoary host of Hogoth. At, at this point, we, we become aware of these kidnappings, and Soydom clears out his house in Flash Flatbush and moves to the tenements in Red Hook, mm-hmm. where we have reported missing children. So, Malone calls in, like, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, the tri state police force comes in. Blocks off, and it, I know they're trying to make a parallel to the Harlem, what happened in Harlem, mm-hmm. but they've got like aircraft guns. Yep. Holy shit! What, what the fuck? <laughs> they've got they, like three. Like they unload aircraft guns. They unload three Browning fifty cals and set them up at each door to right. the apartment. You know, like machine gun nests. They they pull up a truck and they give like everyone like Thompson military carbines. Yeah, they give them assault rifles or super duper pistols if you want to be able to shoot with both both hands. Both hands. If you want to go in guns akimbo, and it's almost the preparation for the raid on these tenements is is almost comical the way he describes. It is coming. Oh, it is, but like now, but now, think back to last year. Mm-hmm. What happened in your town? Yep. Oh, I know. Oh, so, I know. Cops and APCs, National Guard. They uh they brought in police officers from the surrounding counties with riot gear, and yeah, that's that's the way it went. It went down just like just like that. Um, Humans scare me. Mm-hmm. Because because everything was so scary. Hell, that that whole situation was was weird, and it was it wasn't too far from where I live, but you know, there was there was still some distance, and yet the gas station up the street for me was like locked up tight, and you know. It, it was it was crazy, but thankfully everything went down okay, and and nothing happened, and other than right. some arrests and probably probably some beatings that we'll never know about because it's right. it's the fucking cops. So Baltimore's still standing, oh, as yeah. a, as opposed to these tenements in Red Hook, right? Where the cops <laughs> go in. And they go in wow. guns fucking blazing. They kick the doors down and they just start wasting everybody. They're I, not, I it's not just about kids anymore. at that point. You know they're not thinking about the safety of children at that oh, point. No, I mean they got fifty caliber machines. No, this is, this is a fucking purge. And I mean they there's a description. Malone's in the basement and he's hearing. They are just like 
unloading belt after belt after belt of these big-ass guns on this right. building. Well, he even says that, I can't believe they haven't run out of ammunition. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they were like, they were trying to make a statement. So Don't mess with Texas. And, yeah. Malone finds the secret door to the basement, which is also the secret door to the time... Um, Time Library. <laughs> and that's where he runs into Tester mm-hmm. coming out of the library. Right. From after after his encounter with Ma'at. Right. And then uh, he makes his way into the basement where we have a quite a different climatic scene than from Horror Red Hook. Mm-hmm. None of this Greek pseudo quasi glowing bullshit. Right. None of this like Lovecraft dancing around the action so you kind of know what's going on but kind of don't because it's unnameable. You have Black Tom Mm-hmm. Writing, we, first off, you have Howard scalped mm. sitting on a chair. <laughs> Black Tom using his blood to paint. Sigils. Using using his scalp as a brush <laughs> to paint sigils to open the doorway, and Soydum. Shouting about how great everything is going to be when right. the new order comes. Oh, yeah. Woohoo. Can't wait. And then. <laughs> he kills fucking Sordom. And like I said, it wasn't on the street and it wasn't stabbing. Right. Right. But there's also, there's also a reference to uh, our good pal Nyarlathotep. I saw that, and I'm not quite sure he was talking about Nyarlathotep. He well, might have been. Uh, I don't think he was. That. I think he was referring to Tom. Yeah. But so and, do we think that Tom was possessed by Nyarlathotep, or that perhaps in the mythic arc that they're trying to describe here with with the whole summoning of Cthulhu, that that Nyarlathotep plays kind of a Judas role in the in the drama of it all. Hmm. Because they refer to him as, you know, is the betrayer, the black pharaoh. I think they were just refer- I think it was Soydum just referring to Tom as Well, a- yeah, but it's it's still it's still poetic language and, and yeah, and I'm sure right. it refers directly to Tom. But because I thought it was he doesn't betray Cthulhu. No no. <laughs> He betrays, he betrays humans. Yeah. So he comes up and slits Soydum's throat mid-monologue. Just mm-hmm. Comes up behind him with a straight razor and gashes him. Yep. And it takes him a while to die. Mm-hmm. Then he decides he needs a little bit more blood to write the last letter. Yep. And he's going to use... He's going to use Malone's. <laughs> So he starts cutting off his eyelids. Ah, uh, yeah. He cuts off his eyelids yeah. to do it. And uh, the only thing that 
Malone could think of is, oh shit, where's my gun? Mm-hmm. So he pulls out his gun, but he's in pain, fires, doesn't hit, and the next thing he knows, the cops are coming down the stairs. Yep. And where's Tom? Tom has somehow gone from doing what he was doing to the top of the being stairs. at the top of the stairs. Runs down the stairs with a straight razor and just slices all the cops in a row. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> it's beautiful. It, it is. It's almost like it's almost like this kind of like this sequence is. He teleports to the top of the stairs, runs down, and he's standing at the bottom of the stairs with a bloody knife, and the cops are just kind of standing there, looking at each other, and then all of a sudden, yeah, they didn't know they were dead yet. Yeah. Mm. Or they didn't realize they were bleeding out. So, hey, what's all this red stuff? At this point, at this point, the building collapses because it's getting fired upon by fifty cows. They've probably brought in artillery. And the only, sur- the only survivor. Is Tom Bones Malone? Without his Malone, eyes. the but survivor. They, did find, they didn't find Tom. Nope. In the world. So Tom goes back to Harlem. Explains to his buddy that he's brought about the end of the world, but he doesn't know when it's going to happen. It could be tomorrow. It could be decades from now. Mm-hmm. But I brought about the end. That's convenient. His buddy's and, like, you, you got to take that knife and get, or that razor and get rid of it. <laughs> That's the first thing you got to do. So, very matter of fact. Well, and the interesting thing about this is that uh, the the end, the the scene that you're describing with with Black Tom at the end, takes place at the exact same moment. As the beginning of the horror at Red Hook, right? Which that's an interesting little little bit, and we're not going to tell you the end because we want you to buy this book and we want you to read this story. Yes, because yes. there's a twist. There is twist. We've given you enough spoilers, you lazy jerks. That's yeah, right. You spoilers. Read the damn story book. yourself. Read the fucking. Buy the book. It's it's totally worth it. It, yeah, it's it's like what only like three or four bucks on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I bought it from the iTunes store for like two bucks. They didn't have it at Barnes and Noble because I went to see if I can get a physical copy of it. Right. But my Barnes and Noble sucks, so. Yeah. Well, it's also a novella, and it's only like a hundred and fifty pages. So I I actually bought it while I was in Barnes and Noble. <laughs> it's like these fuckers. I'm just buying it here. I'm going to use their Wi-Fi to buy it. And I did. I used their Wi-Fi. <laughs> nice. Take that, you bastards. Do <laughs> Barnes & Noble. I'll show you not to have my book. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, definitely, I I will say that uh, they just they basically, they straight up made Black Tom into a super villain. Yeah. yeah, he's not. He's yeah. not just like your standard occultist or, or well, crazy Dr. person. Doom. Yeah, he's Doctor Fucking Doom, and 
See, there's your Morgan Freeman Doctor Doom. Boom. Right there. No, no, no. Black Tom's too young. Too young to be Morgan Freeman. Oh, it's animated. Dude. He's young, young Morgan Freeman? I can't cast young Morgan Freeman. No. <sighs> all right, so here's my big takeaway from all this. You get a lot of stories and gaming, especially gaming um, stories, modules, mm-hmm. <laughs> some that are left to where... What was that? Where the cultists... <laughs> are people of color. Mm-hmm. They're not your white guys. They right. are your black guys in Harlem. Mm-hmm. Africans in Kenya. Chinese. Chinese. Tibetans. Tibetans. <laughs> and it, and if the way it's written is you are the PCs, presumably you're American, presumably you're white, maybe, maybe not. Upper but you're class. on the side of good. Right. Because, you know, except for our group who plays poor people. More or less. <laughs> I mean, really. Occasionally play, black people. The people that we play. Everybody right. always plays an aristocracy or whatever. So the, the games are designed so you have these upright white Christian guys fighting the mythos to save mankind. And... The cultists are portrayed as insane and evil and stereotypically blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe there's a reason that these guys are cultists. Mm. And maybe the Ballad of Black Tom gives you a little insight as to why the norm that you're defending in these games or in these stories might actually be the cause of people going to the dark side and embracing madness Who because knew? it's a better alternative than the fucking reality that we have right now. Right. So that's my big takeaway from this book. I concur. I mean, there, there were times when I honestly was not sure who I ought to be rooting for here. I mean, Tom... Tom Tester, he is a sympathetic character all the way through to the end. Even when he's doing bad things, he's doing bad things to the people who hurt him. Mm-hmm. And he's—it's right. like, damn. He's, he's kind of a—he's kind of a—he's uh, an antihero in, in a lot of ways because, you know, the, his reasoning—he gives away his reasoning for deciding to go through with ending the world. And it's perfectly justifiable. Right. No, is it it's, moral? No. But is it justifiable? Yes. Right. It's it's the same as, you know, when when we make jokes about, oh, damn, the comet missed us again. Hmm. You know, right. is that humanity, particularly... The, the dominant forces of Western civilization, you can call that white people, you know, have, have set up a system that is so fucked up that the only seemingly rational choice is to let the entire system burn down 
and see what else comes up. Right. And and that's 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 a that's an idea that's that's taking root in in a lot of in politics, really. Um, Disclaimer: We at Microphones of Madness do not condone acts of terrorism, domestic or otherwise. No matter what your motivation. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are the madmen. Sometimes you just want to watch the world burn. Right. It's true. true. Yeah, but none of us are going to say to our co-workers. Right, right. We're not we're not saying go out and summon Cthulhu to end the world, but no. Well, you can't kidnap any Norwegian children. Don't do that. More power to you if you can do that, buddy. Right. Um, so no, no kidnapping of children. No murdering of cops. But yeah, I mean, so so, so yeah, definitely get out to uh, Amazon, uh, Barnes Noble, where, wherever wherever you can get a copy of this book. You got it on iTunes. I got it off yep. of uh, Amazon for Kindle. I uh, believe you could probably get it directly off of Tor.com because Tor was the publisher. Um, yeah, get your hands on this book. If you have a copy of of uh, horror, the horror at Red Hook, burn read it. that. Read the read the Ballad of Black Tom. Then burn your copy of Horror at Red Hook. Right. Yeah. It's 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 really it's it helps. The story, it just adds another dimension to the story if you're familiar with horror at Red Hook. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're not, if you're one of those few people who have are not familiar with the story of horror at Red Hook, you can really skip the horror at Red Hook and read The Ballad of Black Tom right. and it'll get the same. And it's it'll still be good. Away. And it it'll won't just... take anything away from it. Um, it. It stands alone on its own. You don't have to be a Lovecraft fan, you don't have to be, you know, have read the horror at Red Hook to, to, to get this book. Right. Um, yeah, it's 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 an entertaining read. It's it's great. Mm-hmm. Not the horror Red Hook. Read. No, no, no. no. The Ballad of Black Tom is an entertaining read. Uh, it's it's great pulpy horror mystery type of. No, yeah, it's well written. It scan it scans well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like an extremely involved read. I mean, I think, I think it took me maybe two days. Yeah, to, to read not, the entire thing. Long. Yeah, it's not very long. It's about 150 pages. Um, but it, it's paced right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of the things that makes the reading move along quicker. Is it's it's good pacing. The dialogue is quick. The characters are are bright and snappy. And the the story is is interesting. So yeah, I'll, I'll give I give it a thumbs up. Yeah, same for me. Yep. And uh, with that, we've we've successfully killed about an hour. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna end uh, tonight's episode right there. Uh, Monday night heroes. We will be back on on Monday, and we're not gonna say what we're doing because. Every time we've said that the past two or three episodes, it's been incorrect. That's true. Uh, Friday Fungi will be back on Friday uh, mm-hmm. with an all-new chapter. 
Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> if you guys missed last <laughs> night's episode, man, because what the hell? Yeah, that's right. Go, go back to our Podbean. Yeah, get, get onto our Podbean page, mnh.podbean.com. Uh, just go down the list and listen to um, the uh, Shadows of Yogg-Sothoth. Yeah, chapter 11, 11 is the final chapter, but if you haven't listened to it all together, go back to chapter 1 of Shadows of Yogg-Sothoth. Listen to the entire adventure and then once you get to chapter 11, which is basically a barn burner of bankruptcy. Of yeah. <laughs> bankruptcy. <laughs> you know what, James said that we were actually at this point about halfway through the entire campaign. Right. So there's more to come. Yeah, there's oh, more you're to gonna come. You're going to continue doing it? Oh, I just... Yeah. Uh, yes, we are. So, yeah, check that out, and then... Uh, yeah, he got mad at me because he thought I was giving away his character secrets when I was just making guessing. an offhand comment. Right, we won't spoil that here on the show. No. So, yeah, Friday Fun Guy will be back with uh, brand new characters and a, and a new story. Right, and then next week. <laughs> next week, uh, we will be discussing... The anthology Cthulhu Lies Dreaming. Uh, that was edited by Salome Jones and includes authors such as Pete Rollick, Lehman Kessler, and Lovecraft, Mr. Lovecraft himself, Mike Davis. Yeah, Mike Davis has a story in there. Yay. Yeah. Hi, Mike. So we'll be talking about that. So join us then, 9.30 Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, that's live, and we will have the audio podcast version on Sunday afternoon. So, until then, say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie. <laughs> In a world. The Microphones of Madness is a member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcasting Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.